The Old Testament reading is from Amos chapter 7, verses 7 through 15. This is what he showed me. Behold, the Lord was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. The Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, Behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. Never again will I pass them by. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be, shall be laid waste. I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to, Jero- sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel must go into exile away from his land. And Amaziah said to Amos, O seer, go, flee away to the land of Judah, and eat bread there, and prophesy there, but never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary, and it is a temple of the kingdom. Then Amos answered and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor a prophet's son, but I was a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore figs. But the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go and prophesy to my people Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle reading is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Blessed be God, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we, have, that we should be holy and blameless before him. And in, he, and in love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. To, praise, uh, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of our, forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mysteries of his will according to the purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for fulfillment of time to unite all things of him, things of in heaven and things in earth. We have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him we also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed him, 
were sealed with the promise, oh, with the promised Holy Spirit, who is, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel is taken this day from the book of Mark, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said he is Elijah, and others said he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death. But she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oaths and his guests, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. It is the epistle reading that takes us into the meditation this day. Let me share with you verses 7 through 9 to zero us in on our Lord and Christ. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. So far the reading from God's holy word. Please bow your head and heart with me for a word of prayer. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In that Redeemer, Jesus Christ, your fellow saints of the Most High God. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. So writes Paul to the Corinthian Christians concerning the resurrection of the body 
in the 15th chapter of his first letter to them. And today in his letter to the Ephesians, Paul also tells us of a mystery here in our text. And who doesn't like a good mystery story? From Sherlock Holmes to Miss Marple, from Edgar Allan Poe and Ellery Queen to Arthur Conan Doyle and Agatha Christie, the characters and authors of mysteries are part of our culture. Even those who normally write in other genres often try their hand at mystery writing, learning the difficulty of keeping the reader interested but not thoroughly lost through their twists of plot, their false leads, their mistaken identities, and other tricks of the trade. Did you know that the greatest book, the greatest selling book of all time, is actually a mystery? That's right, the Bible tells us the story of salvation with all the wicked twists and turns provided by Satan and sinful humanity. Meanwhile, God himself takes twists and turns so that he can capture the evil one and do him in. Plots his destruction and carries it out through means of a cross. You and I marvel at the way in which the mystery of God's love for us is revealed in Holy Scripture through Jesus Christ. Indeed, we see our salvation plainly, and the blindness of those who don't, who are still perishing in their sins, is a mystery to us. Is it any wonder that Paul uses the word mysterion when it comes to the gospel? and the sacraments, and calls him and other pastors stewards of the mysteries of God. It's all because of the Holy Spirit that you and I know how the mystery of God's will toward us comes out. And by the way, there are not different plots or mysteries throughout Scripture. It's all one plot, all one mystery. And it's unfolds itself in Jesus Christ. That's how Paul and we know how the mystery of God's will towards us comes out. Now ordinarily that would blow the fun. Don't you hate it when someone tells you the end of a movie you haven't yet seen or the last chapter of a novel that you're interested in and reading. Makes you want to throw the book away and stop the reading. But this is one mystery that captivates us even when we know how it comes out in the end. So today, let's relish together the mystery of God's love for us in Christ, looking at it again in light of this morning's gradual and epistle, where we travel from God's unfathomable greatness to meditative belief in him, on to bold declaration of his great deeds, the greatest of which is that mystery itself, his love for and salvation of us sinful human beings. 
Surely we could never have solved the mystery on our own. For his greatness no one can fathom. And Jesus lets us know in Mark chapter 4 that the mystery is kept hidden from those who don't believe. That's why he speaks in parables. And even then, the disciples and we today need his help to know, to solve, if you will, the mystery. We can't solve it for the following reasons. We blew our in with the one who knew the solution. We're sinners who are divorced from our God and in disharmony with each other. And that makes it a mystery as to how God could ever love the likes of us. Besides that, we purposely close our eyes and minds to God and we turn away from godly deeds as we follow our sinful flesh and desires. An elementary deduction would be that God would reject us for that. As the lesson and the epistle or the gradual tell us, we're incapable of comprehending his mind and will. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor, says Isaiah? And here in the gradual, how unfathomable or unsearchable are his judgments, how unscrutable, inscrutable his ways. And one more thing, we could never buy off the only one who knew the secret. Who has ever given to God, Paul goes on to say, that God should repay them? We see in Mark 4 and in our text in verse 9 that Jesus has revealed the mystery to those who believe in him, making it known to us according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. Jesus was and is in perfect harmony with his heavenly Father. Jesus kept his eyes on his Father and did only his will even if it meant sacrificing himself for the sake of those who truly deserved the punishment. And he perfectly knew the Father's will, for he and the Father were one, or are one. And what he did revealed the mystery of the Father's will toward us. And last but not least, he purchased our salvation, not with gold or silver, but with a much higher price, his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. That's how this mystery came out. And it's a happy ending for us. Now, knowing the solution, we want to revisit this mystery over and over again, as did the psalmist in Psalm 145, when he says, I will meditate on your wonderful works. That's the wonderful gift the gospel gives to every believer as Christ restores for and to us that harmony that was lost with our Heavenly Father by the fall into sin. And as Christ restores the spiritual sight so that you and I can see and understand what God's will toward us is, that it's one of love and forgiveness. And as Christ bends our mind, our, our will to that of his heavenly Father, 
even as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done. And as the Holy Spirit continues to work on and in our hearts and lives through word and sacraments. A little later in Ephesians 2, Paul will remind us that this salvation and this sanctification or knowledge of the mind of God, knowing what he wants us to do, is given to us as a free gift through Christ. And in that sense, there is no such thing as a good work on our part or to our credit. Only the good works that our God accomplishes through us to his glory and our own and others' benefit. And this is the one mystery that we can tell others without spoiling it. So along with the psalmist in Psalm 145, verse 6, we declare, I will proclaim your great deeds. Now understanding the unfathomable, the mystery of God's will is our salvation in Christ. Christians seek to spread that newfound harmony with others so that they can participate in it with us. And we also wish to focus on the source of our salvation, the author and finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, as the Holy Spirit makes it our desire to receive Christ's blessing in word and sacrament, to be filled more and more with his spirit, and to be about the works of our Heavenly Father. Now we understand that we are blessed to be and become a blessing to others along our earthly way to heavenly glory. The mystery reader would, would say, Aha! Now I see. And indeed, thanks to God, we do. But not yet perfectly. We still view God, as Paul says, through a glass darkly. But we can follow the plot of our salvation from eternities forever before the creation of the world into Eden where God curses the serpent and promises the Savior. Throughout the Old Testament, his desire to save his people, even when rebellious and unworthy, pushes the salvation plot forward. Foreshadowing freedom from sin, death, and the devil, the Lord rescues his people from slavery in Egypt. Anticipating life's conquest over death, Elijah raises the widow's son, preparing us for the keeping of the promise of a Savior. God continually keeps his other promises in the time and manner he desires and sends forth his prophets to declare those promises to his people. Now that we've gone through it somewhat again, it's still a great mystery story, especially as we see ourselves in it. This mystery isn't about someone else, you see. This is our story. We're the characters in it. It's been revealed to us that Christ died for you and for me so that you and I might not only be forgiven, but also might live. Not just eternally, but even now for him. 
Christ lives for you and me so that you and I might die to sin and live for him. Christ takes away our sin and forgives it and gives us his perfect obedience in its place so that we can stand before the judgment seat of our God unscathed. And in that process, Christ removes our worries and gives us his peace. Christ became a lowly human being so that the lowliest of us might receive the inheritance of the firstborn son. Christ's father abandoned him so that you and I might never be forsaken. This is the mystery. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. And it's also the solution that in him, you and I might become the righteousness of God. No wonder Paul says, and hopefully so do we, God be praised. And the peace of our God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, your risen and reigning Lord and Savior. Amen.